Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and I'm awfully glad to have Beverly Canaris in studio. It's awfully nice to have live guests right here with me. Thanks to Dr. Marcus Bachman, who is here in Hour One. If you missed any of that, you're going to want to go hear that from the beginning. There was some tremendously wise counsel. You can speed through the first 10 minutes. He talked about his vacation in Mexico, but really, after that, it's really good. And now we're going to talk about uh, time with God. And, and I... My guest, Beverly Canaris, is such a great student of the Scripture. She taught Bible Study Fellowship as a teaching leader for 30 years and just loves to continue to teach, and we're going to do that in this hour. I think we're on the same uh, reading plan because I was a little surprised, too, when I was reading the book of Exodus and came across this uh, the, da- the daily tent time, the, the tent of meeting. I-, I was so excited about that, and we're going to talk about that today. It's going to be great. So we'll take a little break. And we will come back. Um, but I think uh, right when I come back, I want to play a beautiful song that was written by my friend Marty Getz and sung by him and his daughter Misha. It's a couple minutes, and it's in honor of uh, what yesterday was, uh, Purim. Uh, so for all of you who know of that Jewish holiday, um, Marty will explain it when we come back. I'm Neil Stave. I'm here to say thanks again for the many friends of Faith Radio who give generously and consistently as ongoing monthly givers. That steady support allows the message of God's steadfast love to go out day in and day out, on air, online, on the app, and on demand. And as God's Word goes out, lives are changed. So thank you for being part of what God's doing through Faith Radio. We appreciate you and are grateful for your partnership. And if you're ready to become an ongoing monthly giver, call today, 877-93-FAITH. You're listening to Faith Radio, a media ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. With radio signals across the upper Midwest and listeners from across the country and around the world connecting with us online and via the Faith Radio app, we're here to help you learn from God's Word and grow in your faith. Find out more about us and request a free welcome packet at our website, myfaithradio.com. Thanks for listening to Faith Radio. called Purim 
was begotten. And in our world, there's all kinds of horrible things going on. So we thought that this song on this day of Purim would be a comfort and an encouragement to everybody out there. For such a time as this. For such a time as this. gorgeous it's gorgeous it yeah. sounds like it's from a broadway play i think they should do a broadway play on esther that's the theme song right there yeah it's really gorgeous it's beautiful yeah. and and the, his young daughter's voice is just angelic uh, it is angelic yeah, it's think, lovely i think rebecca made that comment it was almost like right out of a disney movie isn't it powerful it's powerful i, I the love melody. how pretty the melody is and to me it just felt so reassuring and so that's which is exactly what marty said is that it's there's a comfort and a reassurance that we have hope and help and that we are here for such a time as this. It's all part it, of the plan. It is. It, it's a call to us as well as a comfort. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk about daily tent time with God. Do you we're like the, that name? I love it. We're, <laughs> we're, we're on the same reading plan. Yeah, um, I think we are too. Yeah, and I came across the tent of meeting where you go meet with God and I was asking questions and I was just fascinated. I was How fascinated I too. Bill, first time I've really seen that. I just thought it was all for Moses, you know, exclusively for the leadership. Mm -hmm. But no, the Bible is clear. It says it was for anyone. Listen to this from Exodus 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Did you hear that one key word? Anyone. 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 And then, it, you know, after that, it goes into when Moses would go there, the people would stand, the cloud would come and uh, be over the tent of meeting, and God would speak to Moses face to face. And so I, I'm reading this, I'm thinking, wait a second, I can have that tent of meeting every day as I draw near to him through Bible reading and prayer. Um, sometimes we call this like a quiet time, Bill, maybe you've heard that phrase, or an altar time. You know, everybody kind of has their own way of approaching it. But I, I love the idea of calling it tent time with God. Mm -hmm. It's just such a picture of closing out the rest of the world, going into his presence. God comes into our, our life right there where we are, and we can come. It's an invitation. We too can come and are invited into this presence with him. Um, and it's something we can do not only daily, but many times a day, but for most of us, um, many of us have some kind of a practice of meeting God 
daily. So I don't know of any other spiritual discipline that has made such an impact on my life and on the lives of so many. So I love teaching on having this tent time with God on a regular basis. So first we have to ask ourselves, why is this so important? I mean, I know God loves me. Um, I, you know, I've received Christ some time ago, or, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not even a Christian. Why would I have to have time set aside like this every day? Why is it important to our lives? Well, the example of Jesus. You think, man, he'd have no need for prayer or spending time with the Father, but oh my, that the instances in Scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where we read that he withdrew to meet with Um, the Lord to meet with his father is astounding to me. After a full day of ministry, he would pull himself away and go at night and have that time with God. Or he would arise early in the morning after a full day of ministry and go out and seek to be alone to be with the father. So, um, and he said in his teaching, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. So we do a lot of seeking after many things in the course of a day. And so uh, this is a beautiful way to seek first the kingdom of God. I love the image of a tent, um, just that it's open for business. You can, <laughs> the, tent, <laughs> the tent is open. You can enter yeah. and yeah. go be um, with the Lord. So picture that comfortable chair that you like. Yeah. And picture that to be your tent or maybe even just sitting up in bed or, I, you know, everybody kind of has their own unique spin on this. But um, just picture that as a tent. Uh, so many people in the Bible and also throughout uh, time have practiced this. Uh, we know in the Bible, Abraham, Moses, Jacob, David, the prophets, twelve, the 12 disciples, the Apostle Paul, all practice some kind of a, a, a relationship on a daily basis with the Lord. Then the early Christians, they wrote about it. Augustine, Luther, Calvin, Whitfield, Wesley, Hudson Taylor, William Carey, Billy Graham. In fact, one of the, his, he said, one of my regrets was that I didn't spend more time studying the Bible. Can you imagine? After he would preach the Bible and speak and and study the Bible for so many years in his life, but he wished he had even done it more. Now, for me, um, personally, I saw for the first time, I knew that people did this. I saw it in my in-laws. I saw my father-in-law, who um, is a Greek Orthodox priest, and my mother-in-law, who is a Bible teacher. I saw them every day, like, reading their Bibles, and I looked at their Bibles, and they were just, like, tattered. Um, so I thought, whoa, they, they really do use those Bibles. Um, and then I had an early Bible teacher, uh, Ruth, who just gave me some really helpful instructions on how to uh, study the Bible, how to read the Bible. Um, my person who led me to the Lord, her name was Merle. That was the first thing she challenged me on. Now, after all these years of doing this discipline, my children are consistently in the Word of God. And nothing delights a mom's heart more than to see my kids daily seeking to have time with him. I'm praying for our grandchildren to develop this discipline, to love God's word, to love meeting him daily, and to have that, share that intimacy with him in their own unique relationship. I also think it's important because this is where we really get to know God, isn't it, Bill? How Mm -hmm. how do we get to know him if we're not in his word, if we're not talking to them? He'll remain distant our faith will remain immature, and we won't be as effective of a Christian uh, for ourselves and for others if we are 
not knowing who God is. We, uh, God just really offers us fellowship with him, friendship with him. He wants to be the loving father. He wants you to know who he is. I think the most important thing you get out of a daily time with God is that getting to know who he is, it affects every other area in your life. You interpret all your circumstances through that. You, you, it's your security. It's your future, your eternal future, who God is. So always when we're reading the Bible, we're on a God hunt. Who is God right here? Knowing who he is gives us direction, peace, and a power to live the abundant life that he really promised us. It's really meant to be a love relationship. I'll never forget years ago, a man was asked, tell us about your relationship with the Lord. And he was probably in his 60s, no more, maybe more 70s. And he said, you know what? It's a love relationship. And he said it with such meaning and um, genuine uh, love for the Lord that it stuck with me. All right, Bev, I think we should probably take a little break. Beverly Canaris is in studio, and we're talking about that daily tent time with God, that tented meeting where you can go and be in the Lord's presence and making that a priority. That's how you get to know the Lord. We're going to continue in just a minute. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Beverly Canaris is in studio talking about prayer in Exodus 33 and starting in verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. We're talking about setting up your own tent, having tent time with God. Um, So uh, it's important in our lives. It certainly is important and when I think about what God is offering me every day in this tent time, it's very thrilling. But sometimes we have a, a, a wrong attitude on it. So let's just focus for a minute on the wonderful things that come out of this tent time with the Lord. It's a place where we can experience personally God's love for us. We experience who he is in new and deeper ways, as we said before. It's a place, this tent is a place of joy, a place where we can regain some peace after maybe very difficult circumstances. It's also a place where you're going to find acceptance. You know, the Lord is so reassuring and so um, uh, just wants to draw me in and I feel accepted by him. It's also a place where I gain strength. I get depleted and I need to get refilled every single day. It's also a place, this tent, where I can get direction. Mm-hmm. I need to go. No. Now, when I leave this tent door, um, where are the people and the places and things that I should do? And who am I to call? And who am I to text? Where do I need to go to get this help? How am I going to do this? And, you know, how am I going to relate to a family member? It's all right there. And then also in this time, you get rest and refreshment. I feel so refreshed when I've really felt like I've I've touched with God on that day. And I know the difference when it's just out of habit and when it's really entering God's presence. That is 
rest, and that is refreshment. It's also a place where I just throw it all down, all my burdens. I unload them onto him. I t- you know, it's so easy to carry him around on yourself, but it's an intentional unloading of the burdens. It's also a place to be encouraged. You're looking to be encouraged? You're not going to be any more encouraged than spending time with God in mm-hmm. his word and in prayer. Maybe you are, are um, struggling with guilt. Your last guest talked a lot about that guilt and shame and forgiveness. This is where we go. This is where I go to feel his forgiveness. Because I can get forgiveness from a person, but I need to hear that I am forgiven by him. Then I can let it go. It's a place of wisdom. You need wisdom. It's a place to experience grace when you come feeling dirty from sin. You can walk away clean again. It's a beautiful thing. So think about what happens in that tent. It's powerful. But I think it's important to tell us, to talk too about what it's not. Here's what it's not. It doesn't make you right with God. No work of our own really can make us right with God. It's only faith in Christ. Through that faith, we've been reconciled to God so we can have the intimate relationship we're talking about. We're already accepted in Christ. Now God wants a deeper friendship. Tent time is not meant to be another duty, but a joy, not just something to check off the to-do list. Now, when I first started this discipline, it was a discipline, just that. I kind of just, I can muster up some discipline for a short time. So I mustled up some discipline. But you know what happened, Bill? It became such a daily delight and such a need that I wanted more and more and more. Um, It was like my daily food. I crave it now. I have to have it. Uh, In fact, I'm trying to keep my schedule open so I have more time in the morning. I don't make early, early appointments and things like that because I know what happens. I'm going to rush out the door without it. I might as well leave my clothes at home. I feel that Mm -hmm. undressed because I haven't stood in the presence of God. For 45 years, by the grace of God, this has been my daily habit. When I figured that out today, it was astounding to me. But it truly is my daily food, and I'm so excited for other people to experience this. Tent time really sets the tone for my entire day. It sets the tone. Another thing it does is it transforms us. We become like those we spend time with, true, right? You know, Mm -hmm. bad company ruins good morals, they say. Well, the opposite is true, too. Good company strengthens good morals, Um, Each day, little by little, God transforms us through the reading of his word, the Bible, and through prayer. This is the very purpose of our lives, to become more like Christ, and it requires spending time with him. This is when this kind of transformation happens, where we go from who I am, Beverly, in the flesh, to who I am in Christ and how Christ is formed in me. Romans 12 one through two says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this is where we get the mind transformation is being in his word, being in his presence in prayer. And then once that mind is transformed, our lives start to be transformed. You know, it it has to start there. 
um, where our thinking has to be brought into line with God's Word. Another great benefit is our time spent with God is going to directly correlate to our contribution to God's kingdom. We take on God's heart for the lost. We see God's purpose and plans as we daily meet with him in our tent of meeting. All serving or um, ministry has to be done in his strength and in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we do it in our strength, I just think of that little gerbil on the wheel. We're just kind of spinning the wheel is all we're doing. We're being busy without really bearing any fruit. You see, it's the ministry is to spring from that intimate fellowship that we have with him. And then finally, our tent time with God prepares us for the battle. There is a battle. Galatians 5.17 talks about the battle with the flesh. If we don't have strengthening through this daily relationship with God, we are going to give in to all kinds of temptation and just follow our own desires. And Ephesians 6 tells us that there's also a battle going on against spiritual forces of evil. And how do we prepare ourselves for that? Well, it talks about what is our sword. It's the word of God. That's what is preparing us for those battles. So now, usually when you think about a quiet time, Bill, don't you think about, well, that's Bible reading and that's prayer, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a two-part thing. Um, usually I start with Bible reading. And again, this can be tweaked to, to fit your life and what you do and how you want to approach it. But I love it when I hear... I read God's word first. So he's speaking to me. And then the second part will be that I'm going to speak to him. And after I've heard him speak, it does change the way I pray often as well, too. So relationships are two-way street. God speaks, and then we speak. So let's break down the first two parts of this uh, time with the Lord, this tent time. First of all, Bible reading. Um, this is something that, uh, as a brand new Christian, I was challenged to read the Bible five minutes a day, mm-hmm. five minutes a day. So I think that is so wise. Start with the plan that you can have success doing. And I do recommend not to start with a devotional, but the Bible itself, a devotional you can add in after you're already having success. But I think to just read a devotional, um, that just gives you more talk about how a person feels about a particular verse or an idea. It doesn't really get you into the scripture. So that's a bonus as the way I look at it. I always read a devotional as well, but that's my kind of like just a bonus. If I have time, I will do that. And most days I, I do try to take the time to do that. I think I'd probably take a break right now. That's good. This is you. a good time because we'll start to talk about how to get into the Bible next. Okay, that'd be awesome. Beverly yeah. Canaris is my guest. And I'm curious, what are the roadblocks for you to prayer and this tent time that we're talking about with God? What, are, what is getting in your way? What, are, what is your roadblock? Let me know what it is. I'm curious. 877-933-2484. Text to 877-93-FAITH. Let's get, let's get it on the table. Let's talk about it. All right? Be right back.
your name from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. You are my God, and all I want to do is praise your name. I praise your name and lift our voices and proclaim. Yeah, I love that song. takes you right into worship. It Beautiful. Does. Yeah. My foot is tapping. That's my friend Jameson <laughs> singing. All right. Uh, got some text coming in, Bev. Uh, I'll pray and sit and listen, but I never feel like I hear anything. I long to be one of those people who say they heard God. I just want to hear his guidance. But over the years, I've never felt that. It's discouraging. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. I hope that something I say today might encourage you or give you some, uh, you know, sometimes you're just maybe lacking a little skill or an idea as to how to tap into, God is speaking to you, how to tap into it and how to hear it. Mm -hmm. It's there. I believe God does speak to every one of us. There's another one real quick. My roadblocks are having a baby and toddler and no one to uh, watch (laughs) them to carve out my tent time. By the time I get to bed, I'm completely exhausted. Oh. Young moms, it's just, I remember being a young mom. I had three children, of course, and I, if I, I'm going to get up early this morning. I quietly go to the coffee machine, (laughs) quietly, and I don't know what it is, but they know you're up, right? They know you're up. And so there goes your quiet time. Although I think when they start to get a little older, you can train them that this is mommy's time to be still and to be with God. And they can have their own little book time or quiet time, or they can have in-room time. So, it, But it does take them getting a little bit older. You certainly can't do that with an infant. So I'm very aware of that problem of a young mom. It's, um, But, you know, you're always going to be busy, mm-hmm. aren't we? Yeah. Whether you have a family or you're, I'm a grandparent now, and there's always things we can be busy with. But I would say pray, God. God knows your system. He knows your schedule. He knows your children. He knows you. And if that's your heart's desire, seek him for it. And you'll be amazed at little windows that he'll give you for that time to be with him. Um, Or you can do like Ruth Graham did. She would, you know, single parenting most of her life because Billy was out um, preaching the gospel. She would leave her Bible open during the day on the counter and just go back, read, pray, you know, in those moments of time, just taking little moments here and there. And so that, that I think is a sweet way to do it too, as a young mom. But anyway, let's get back to, uh, remember I said, when I started reading the Bible on daily time, daily basis, I was just challenged by a dear woman just to do it five minutes a day. And she told me about a little, little system called a, have a seven up where you have um, 30 seconds to pray and ask the Lord to open your eyes as you read. And then you, after that, you spend five minutes reading the uh, Bible. And then you spend the rest of the time, the other uh, two, two and a half, no, one and a half minutes in prayer. So there you have seven minutes that you're taking. And this is where a wonderful place to start having a seven up. Also, systematic reading. I know um, it's really helpful for me to read through the Bible, and I have a reading plan that I follow. Now, you can get a reading plan from a Bible app, or you can get one from a Christian bookstore. You can go online for reading the Bible in one year or reading the New Testament in one year. Just Google that. You'll find all kinds of plans waiting there for you, so that's a big help. I also find it helpful to record what I read in my journal. So I always take a verse or two and I write it in my journal. And then after I journal that, I write a prayer out to God about it. If I don't do this, I find that I 
I lose what I've read. This helps me to capture what God is speaking to me. And this is what I would say to your listener who says, I feel like I never hear from God. Maybe to take one verse that she really feels like, boy, that caught my attention, that caught my eye, then then write that out. Like this morning, I wrote down from Mark 16, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accomplished it. And I just love that phrase, the Lord worked with them. I was anticipating coming here today, so I wrote out a long prayer about, Lord, I want you to come and work with me here today. Um, and then I'll, I'll write down something that I feel he's saying to me, and I just wrote down, I will be working with you as you prep and you present on the radio today. It will bear fruit. It will glorify me. Come near to me to be filled with my spirit so I may guide your every moment. Now, that's not scripture, but that's just my impression of what he's saying to me after I look at that particular verse. So recording what you're reading. Um, One woman I saw on Facebook has her mother's journal of all the verses she wrote down. What a treasure that would be. Yeah. No kidding. I throw mine away. Um, (laughs) Too many. Uh, Then you can ask questions of the Lord. when you're reading too. What does the Bible say? What's this really saying? What does it mean? How does this apply to my life? Look for God's word to you for today. Pick a verse, memorize it, record it like I did. My father-in-law would always memorize one verse every day from his Bible reading. You can also use your Bible study questions. Some of you might be involved in a Bible study, and this might be how you get in the word every day is by doing a few questions on your lesson. I think another great tool for getting in the Bible is the Bible app, um, that little brown Bible app that you can get for free online. And uh, you can get reading plans there. And it's just a great encouragement if you want to look up a verse or you're feeling like you want to look up fear or comfort or uh, death or whatever it might be. There's, you know, a search button there for you. So there's a lot of great helps out there to get us in the Bible. Part two. The praying time. Ooh, that's the good part. It, it, it's such a rich time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I find it's easier for me to read and study the Bible than it is for me to stay focused in prayer. I wonder if I'm the only no, one. No, you're not. You're not alone on that one. No. So sometimes I have to just um, tell myself I'm going to take the next so many minutes or I'm not going to uh, turn the TV on. I'm going to go in the other room and force myself to be alone and quiet, or if I'm working out, I'm, I'm just going to put on Christian praise music, which really helps me to pray. Um, this prayer, prayer is, you don't have to op- overcomplicate it. It's really when we are just talking to God. That's what prayer is. It's talking to God. We've just read the Bible. He's talked to us. Now we're going to talk back to him. Um, tell him about your day. If you're just starting out learning how to pray, talk to him about your day. Uh, ask him questions about what you just read. Ask him questions about things that you want to know. Remember, the tent of meeting was about coming in and asking God questions about seeking his guidance. So of all the disciplines um, that the disciples could have asked Jesus about, do you know what they asked him for? How to pray. That, you know, I think we all, this is an area we all want more knowledge on. I always want to be trying to fine-tune my prayer life. Now, the result that he gave to his disciples was the Lord's Prayer. And, of course, that's a great model for us. It, we say it verbatim, true, but we can also um, use it as a model. So just as a review, the Lord 
this is he said he said to them when you pray say father hallowed be your name so in other words talk to god as your father it's intimate it's warm it's relational he is your father if you have received christ god is your father hallowed be your name we just can't praise him enough God is holy. You, we got to concentrate our prayers and think about who he is as we pray. That's beautiful. Your kingdom come. Is that our heart's desire? Do we really want more of God in our life and to be part of this kingdom and to be part of it eternally? Thy kingdom come. Are we really doing our part in bringing God's kingdom into this world? Give us each day our daily bread. Here we, you know, it's the asking part. We're really mm-hmm. good at that, I think. Um, asking God for those daily needs that we have. Forgive us our sins. Prayer is a time to confess our sins. Um, and it's also a time for us to be aware that if we are holding any grudges against others, that we forgive them as well. And then lead us not into temptation. This is where we go to get our strength in prayer, to say no to temptation, that war against the flesh again is in prayer. So that's the Lord's Prayer. It's a good model for us. There's a lot of prayers, though, in the Bible um, that we could pray. Uh, Just some examples, David in the Psalms. If you can't find good prayers in there, I mean, (laughs) they're so beautiful. And it's okay to take and use other people's words and use them as prayer to God. I know you have a favorite prayer book, um, Bill, the old time. What was the one that called again that that has all the prayers written in it? I've got several of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. But anyway, I, a lot of churches even offer them. But you can pray, but, you know, pray with your head. Get your mind involved in it and your heart as you pray someone else's words. But David in the Psalms just excels at this. Also in Second Samuel are some of my favorite words that he ever wrote. In chapters 22, he has a whole song of praise to the Lord. This is the end of David's life. And it's all about God and what he has done. I mean, you read that list, and this should just make you so excited to get to know this God as David did. And then his last words, his beautiful prayer, his last words in chapter 23. Moses, I was impressed as I recently read how he uh, did some praying on behalf of the people after they had sinned with the golden calf. He went to God and he was asking for their forgiveness. And he said, blot me out of your book, Lord, if that's what it will take so that they can be spared. It's just such a beautiful prayer and so real. And then we have King Hezekiah in 2 Kings 19, where he takes this letter that um, an enemy has sent him just to intimidate him. um, And he takes the letter and you know what he does? Does he put it in his back pocket and start worrying and call all the elders together? No, he takes it to the Lord. He goes into the sanctuary. He lays it before the Lord and he prays and he says, Lord, look what the threatening is. Notice this. He doesn't even tell the Lord what to do. He's just telling the Lord and showing the Lord what's happening. It's just a beautiful example for us to come and just Lay our troubles down. You you don't have to come up with the solution. God is going to hear you, and he's going to come up with that. We can't do it all the time. But sometimes when I'm praying, I'll, I'll pray for something, then I'll give God some suggestions on how he could take care of that for me. But I love Hezekiah's prayer there. It's beautiful. Also, there's an acronym. Um, many people like to use this, A-C-T-S. 
and that means adoration. So beautiful, just praise the Lord like the Lord's Prayer starts. And then there's that prayer of confession, forgive our sins, C. And then the T, thanksgiving. You know, like David at the end of his life, he was so thankful to the Lord. We want to be like that one leper that was healed, that we came back and thanked God. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving. And then S is supplication. This just means this is the asking part. This is give us our daily bread part. So we're, we're to ask. Um, I find it really helpful to have a prayer journal. You can see I write things down. It's just a, something about me. I don't know. Analyze me later. But I, I love to ha- I have this book. I have it in my hand here in the studio. And I always have a list at the beginning of people with, like, needs for healing. So I have a really long list, probably 15 of them. But, you know, I can pray every name in about 15 seconds. Now, can you imagine? 15 seconds, these people are suffering. I have one name even on the studio here, name here. And that that is a precious list to me. Even when I travel, I will take just at least this list with me. Um, I also have people I'm trying to witness to at the beginning there. Then I have prayers that I want to be praying for myself. These are all my family, uh, and I have it divided by dividers here. Um, My husband, my children, grandchildren. The next little divider here goes for my prayer group. The next little one goes to special requests. The next one goes to, um, and also praying for the country. The next one goes to people I'm mentoring um, in some way. And that is my prayer journal. So it's You're just, organized, Bev. I, I try to be because I find I have to be organized or else I'm not praying consistently how I want. And I'm not very faithful when people ask me to pray. If I don't write it down, I just, you know, if a lot of times I'll try to pray it on the spot. If I feel like I don't have to be ongoing praying it, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, yes, I'm praying right now for that. So, but this really has been, um, a big help for me for a long time. And, you know, you can set it up any way you like, but boy, I find it super helpful. All right. Let's take a quick, quick pause. Beverly Canaris is in studio and we're going to be back in 90 seconds, getting some really nice text messages. Um, Brad just said, so appreciate the tips on getting back into reading God's word. I need it and do want it. Thank you. Be right back. Beverly Canaris, and we're talking about uh, getting your prayer life, the tent of meeting, getting tent time with God. Great passage out of Exodus uh, about the tent of meeting, and we need to do that ourselves. All right, and then hearing from God, speaking to God, listening to God, it's all part of the tent of meeting, isn't it? It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the daily bread every person needs. Every person needs. And if you're, even if you're, you have not committed your life to Christ and you're kind of wondering what this is all about, start it. Start reading the Bible and see what God does. 
He could change your life, and he could give you a hope and a future you never thought possible. So pick up and read. Uh, that was Augustine's call from the Holy Spirit and how he was commu- uh, co- uh, converted was, you know, pick up the scriptures and start reading. Well, a lot of people have a lot of questions about prayer and they wonder, they run across these verses where it looks like there's conditions around answered prayer. So let's just go into those harder things about prayer and talk about them. First of all, in John 15, it's a beautiful chapter on abiding in Christ. I love it. Um, It's one of my favorite to teach about the vine and the branches. And basically he says, I am the vine. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And here's the bottom line. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we do need to have um, a relationship with God uh, and an abiding with him. Um, a walking our life with him. I think that's a beautiful picture of uh, we will see more answered prayer because we will be praying more and with more expectation. Second one people struggle with is this confession of sin. And we do know that uh, unconfessed sin can create a blockage in our relationship with God. But that's, you know, really quite easily removed if we will just acknowledge our sin. And you don't have to go searching for it. You probably have it in your mind right now. What should I confess to God so that I make sure that the lines of communication remain open? Psalm 32, Psalm 51 are beautiful prayers of David of confession. And they can help you too to feel that forgiveness, to lay it at the Lord's feet. And then just be assured from 1 John 1, 9 that he forgives us our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So that is something that we we can do something about right now, right where you are. Then another condition for prayer is in Jesus's name. What does that mean? Well, it means that you kind of know what Christ is about and that you're going to pray in a way that is in line with his character of who he is. Name means who a person is in the Bible, the character, the full person. So our prayers should be in the realm of who Christ is and his word. Another condition that we read about is has to be according to his will. What does that mean? It means that you know him well enough to know his will. Again, your your prayer life is going to be so enhanced as you get to know God through his word. That's how you know if you're praying in God's will. Um, other people can help you with this if you're you're questioning and wondering about if you are really praying in God's will. And then it says to pray in faith, believing. And of course, this is in James 1, where it talks about we must believe if we're going to be praying rightly. So first, I mean, James 1, 6 and 7 reads, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now, that doesn't mean that you're you're never going to have doubts when you pray. Pray big so that you you do wonder, can God really do this? I'm, I'm all for that kind of praying. But here, what he's really saying, praying in faith is, You trust God with this situation. You're praying as though 
you know that God, if he so chooses, will answer this prayer in the right way. You trust him. That's a prayer of faith. You're praying these things and you trust him. Um, And then another condition is you need to be praying in the spirit. What does that mean? Well, Romans 8 tells us that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray in our weakness. Oh, I'm so glad to read that. Me too. So glad to read that. I don't know what in the world I should be praying at times. And I'm sure that it sounds selfish at times, that they're not according to God's will. I'm sure that there are things in here. I'm praying for things when I should be confessing things. I'm sure that I'm not abiding on certain days. But here it is. I I love finishing with this one because with the Spirit's help, we can pray. And he will take our childlike words and our all of our foibles within our prayers, and he helps to reinterpret them to the Father. That's beautiful. Helps us in our weakness and prays through our weak prayers. Also in that same chapter, it says that Jesus intercedes for us. So here we got, we've got the Holy Spirit and we've got Jesus both praying on our behalf. Yay! It's not all up to me. I love that. Well, then there's these questions that we always have about prayer. And I know you've mentioned this to me before, Bill. Why pray since we know God's going to do what God wants to do anyway? What a great question. And it's a complex answer, but let's just try to keep it simple. Jump in here and help me out anytime, Bill. Okay, I will do. Okay, good, good. Well, first of all, when you think about prayer, it's more than just God uh, hearing and him answering it's about a relationship. It's talking together. It's going over our day together. It's it's pouring out our heart to him. It's really, it, it helps us to have a relationship. Prayer is a vehicle for that. It's not just about getting what we want. Secondly, he uses means to answer prayer. And the means sometimes is going to be our prayers. Our prayers matter. They're not nothing. They matter. He often uses our prayers as the means. You know, I meet with a prayer group on a weekly basis, Mm -hmm. and we have seen incredible answered prayers. Like one year we prayed for more grandchildren. Bill, 10 grandchildren were born Mm. that year. (laughs) I mean, God not only hears, he knows uh, the best thing to do. So, um, he uses the means, and, and often he uses our prayers. It glorifies him. Prayer glorifies him. So, uh, you know, the whole bottom line for a lot of Christians, we always say is that God is glorified in our life. So you want to God, glorify God in your life? Pray. That's a way to glorify him. It's also a process that helps us to understand different situations in our life. Have you ever had a prayer request and saw it kind of evolve as you learn more, as you pour your heart out to God? He can change that request and mold it more and more according to his will. Another reason to pray, even though God is going to do what the sovereign God does, is we're commanded to. Mm-hmm. We're commanded to pray. And the examples in Scripture, Jesus the foremost. And also, God's power is released as we pray, God's power is released. Isn't that encouraging? I'm glad you said that twice. Yeah, that's, that's really so a, important. A really important thing. In fact, I have a quote here I wrote down um, from Sanders in the book of leadership. He says, "By the power of prayer, they command the power of God." Mm. Wow, 
that's a great walk away point from this whole hour. Yeah. Is that releases God's power when we pray. It does. Mm. It does. So another question we often have about prayer. How do you know you are to pray about something? Pray all the time. Yes. There's nothing you shouldn't pray about. Yeah. Good good point. Yeah. It it all can be covered in prayer, but if someone asks you specifically, um sometimes God will just impress upon your mind. Or as you read the Bible, it's going to be something there that's going to uh, catch your attention. How do you know when to stop praying about something? Again, the Spirit can guide you on that. Can you pray the same thing again and again? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I, I read some false teaching once that didn't said that you couldn't, and that is not true. You can pray anytime, anywhere. Must you always be in your closet? No. Mm-mm. But it's nice to have a quiet place where you can. Um, God does not always answer prayer. True. His answers are not always what we want. That's the truth. Yes, wait, and no are his answers in prayer. I'm always reminded that God has information about my life that I don't have, and I can go and completely trust him with my prayer. Beth, thanks so much for being here. It's been a joy, and I just challenge your listeners to take that daily tent time with God. Take that time, take that place, get still. He has a still, small voice, and know that he is God. Make it your goal to be consistent as well. Amen. Beverly Canaris has been my guest. Thanks for listening. That wraps up the show for today. If you missed any of it, head to MyFaithRadio.com. Thank you for supporting Faith Radio and listening and just being so wonderful. Have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.